down in twos. <laughs> nah, we do. Baby, read. So, man, uh, you know when you're in high school, I had two great coaches in high school, Coach Honeycutt and Coach Copeland. When we played like crap on the road, they wouldn't stop on the fast food joint on the way home. I wouldn't feed them dudes on the plane. I said, I'd make them fly all the way back. Hey, everyone. Welcome to an edition of the Ball Street Journal podcast. We had a very special game five last night between the Nets and the Bucks. Just one of the absolute great performances that we've seen from a superstar from Kevin Durant last night. Just absolutely like an, he had an outer body experience. Um, and I couldn't think of someone better to talk about this game with than someone who was actually at the game at Barclays. My good friend who I've known since high school got on the line with me. Davos, a.k.a. Davis, a.k.a. D-Money. Goes by many names. <laughs> a long-time suffering. Well, I don't know if... Yeah, I guess we could say a suffering Nets fan who's just, like, enjoying this season like no other. The best Nets season. And this might be the best Nets team ever when I was just thinking about it. Just, like, the amount of talent on this team. I got him on the line. Davis, man, you were at Barclays last night. Just tell me, how was it, dude? What's up, man? Uh... It's honestly really difficult to put into words. You know, like you said, a long time Nets fan. So uh, yeah, suffering is the right term. I was, you know, we've been suffering for many years. We've seen, you know, everything, everything. <laughs> we, we've had the lowest of lows and now finally we got the highest of highs. But yesterday was uh, a culmination of a long, of a long project. And it was just so exciting, man. We, we went to the game. We got there. The energy was different. You know, Bar- Barclays is, is, is a fantastic stadium to be in. It's it's built for basketball. And just being there, the, the fans were ready. And, you know, everyone had written the nets off before yesterday. And slowly the hype kind of built, you know. Uh, I actually texted my our good friend Vivek in the morning. And I was like, uh, let's keep eye on the ticks. And, we, you know, we didn't, buy, we didn't have tickets from beforehand. And I was like, let's keep an eye on the prices and see what's happening. And this was actually before before the Harden news came out. And the prices were actually like fairly reasonable. They were not too high. And we're like, oh, they'll probably drop as, as the day goes on because people don't want to go, whatever. And then the Harden news comes out. Harden's doubtful. And then it comes out that Harden's actually going to be playing. And then he's going to give it a go in warm-ups. And it was just building this hype. And then as the day went on, I was like, yo, we have to go to this game. And then me and Vivek are going back and forth. He had brought up some good points saying like, look, if we go, we spend a lot of money, we go there and they lose, it's going to suck. If they win, then there's probably going to be a game seven and then we're going to want to go to game seven. (laughs) But I got out of work early and I was convinced that I need to go to this game. So we, we pulled the trigger. We get there. Um, people are, people are hyped. They are excited. Um, you can just tell when the, the, you know they, they, they do the starting lineups and they announce Harden's name and the floor is shaking, the floor is shaking, wow. and it was like it was. It's hard to describe that experience. It's so loud, um, and yeah. So I'll, I'll leave it at that. You know, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk more about it, but that's just setting the stage. Yeah. And people were people were excited, and you could feel it. Um, you know, the net bucks were like minus four and then it moved to minus one when Harden came out. But it was it was exciting. Exciting. Yeah, I can't even imagine. So wait, how, quickly, how 
how like uh how many people are they allowing at barclays now is it like almost full capacity basically so pretty much it's full of capacity and it's ironic because yesterday governor kumo announced that new york would resume all activities all restrictions yeah. are off now new york is back they yeah had fireworks yesterday um it's just ironic it was the same night as as, as the big nets game but they're pretty much back to full capacity i believe the the, the capacity of Barclays is around 15,000. Yeah. And I think they were up to like 14 something. They left a few sections where they were unvaccinated sections, quote unquote, where um, you don't have to have proof of vaccination to buy those tickets. And then those seats are uh, socially distant. But the rest of the stadium is you, as soon as you come in, you go through security, they check your vaccination card, they check your ID to make sure it matches. Yeah. Um, and then all bets are off. You know, I don't think there's a mask mandate while you're in seating because, you know, people are drinking, eating. So, right. And then like when you go out into the, into the, the stands where like, oh, they have all the food and the, the concourse area, they tell people to wear their mask and people are generally respectful of that. But it was, it was, it was packed, you know, all yeah, hands on yeah. deck. There wasn't, you know, COVID was not a thing. Yeah, just put yeah. It that way. And it's, it's great to see, you know, both of us work in healthcare. We've been through COVID and uh, seen everything. And it's nice to finally, you know, have a big events like this and not worry about reading uh, about a COVID outbreak and thousand people have COVID because, <laughs> I know. you know, people are doing, the vaccinations are working, you know, a little plug for the vaccine. Yeah, but. yeah, get vaxxed. <laughs> I know. So, I mean, like, as you know, like, me and Ashan went to, uh, like, a Sixers-Wizards game five. And, yeah, similarly, it almost seemed like it was pretty much, like, pre-COVID, like, capacity, almost full. Um, just maybe some of the lower bowls, like, they were still seating fans to, be, like, be away from the players. But, yeah, I mean, I've been to, like, games before, but I've never been at a game like what you saw last night where a player is just, like, going off like that. Um, I mean, just... I, we could set the stage a little bit like you know that I, I it sucked that I was on call last night and I missed this game I couldn't watch it you know obviously the first oh really yeah yeah but you know I was following on Twitter like seeing people's insta stories and snap stories but I was you know I was following the game on Twitter and seeing the score and it looked like you know the Nets were down at halftime they were down by like double digits pretty much it seemed like the entire first half and so I was like oh man like this is what happens like no Kyrie looked like Harden was like injured so he wasn't having the best game and look like a one-man show with KD, and the Bucks had all the momentum, right? Like winning the last two games, and now they're here and confident. And then, you know, slowly I'm checking the score. Like in the second half, it's like the Nets keep creeping back, back, back. And then everyone on Twitter is just like Durant, 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 like KD, like. And I'm just seeing this, and I'm like, oh man, like I wish I was watching this game. Like the first thing I did today morning when I got back, I was like, I gotta watch the highlights of this game. <laughs> But set, set, set that tone for me. So, like, you're at, it's halftime. The Nets are down. What's, like, the general, like, feel in the place? Like, did you guys think, like, this was like this thing was coming from KD? Did you sense it? So, um, right off the bat, actually, the Nets scored first. Um, at the start of the game, like I said, everyone was super hyped. The Nets score the first bucket. KD gets, like, a, a maybe a 12-foot jump shot in. So, we're up 2-0. People are going crazy, like, oh... Uh, actually, so let me let me take a step back. First, the first play, Joe Harris gets this beautiful wide open three, comes off a screen, and he is like known to hit those. And I was like, this is going in. We're gonna get Joey buckets back, and it's gonna be a spectacular night. Yeah. He misses it. He's been ice cold, right? Uh, this series. Yeah, he's been ice cold. We can talk about that too. <laughs> and then um, I think the Bucks got the ball. They miss. We get the ball back, and then Katie hits that shot. People are going crazy. Like, all right, we're up two zero. 
And then the Bucks go on this crazy run and it's like 14 to two or 12 to two. And that really sucked the energy out of the building. People were like, what's going on? And it was like halfway through the first quarter, it was already six minutes had gone by and the Nets had like two or four points. And the other guys, the Bucks are putting out 14, 16, 19 points. And it was just like, it was deflating. And there's, you could not buy a bucket. You know, people, you could see the frustration. It's like, you know, the, they were kind of like very jittery. Um, people, uh, the players were, the Nets players were quick to give up the ball, taking, you know, forcing shots. And, and then even when they were getting good wide open shots, they were just not dropping. And it was like, you could not buy a bucket, could not get a foul. And it was like just sucking the life out of it. And then, you know, that pretty much was the story for the first half. Nets couldn't buy buckets. The Bucks were hitting threes. Um, you know, Giannis was going to the hoop. He was getting his layups. He was getting his dunks. And by halftime, it was kind of like, uh, let's see, what was the score at halftime? I think it was like 60. Like, it was, Nets were down by like 11 or 12, I remember. Yeah, they were down by 11 or 12 and like, you know, kept it close enough where it's like, you know, we believed. We yeah. believed that something was possible. We believed that they, you know, Nash would have a little pep talk for these guys in the locker room, and they would come back and, you know, go crazy. And the start of the third, that it was, I think we hit a couple threes, and like there was a little bit of momentum brewing. You could feel it. Um, and we're watching, we're watching, and then slowly, just coming back, coming back, and you can just feel it. You can feel it in the stadium that the Nets are getting their groove. Buckets are going in. They're hitting their shots. Um, you know, Jeff Green is like playing amazing. Yeah, game uh, of his life. Jeff. <laughs> Uncle Jeff. And uh, you know, I was talking to Vivek about this, and he he was telling me how he's a journeyman. He's a playoff journeyman. You know, he's been he's been in so many. I think he's like he's one of the uh, he's played in the most playoff games with the uh, highest number of teams or something like that. He's like seven or eight teams in the playoff. Yeah. So he's not faced by the pressure, and he's just Uncle Jeff, yeah. you know, cool, cool as a cucumber, <laughs> hitting these threes. At that point, and then at one point he was like six for six or you know, seven for seven. Yeah. And then he eventually went like seven for eight. But, you know, he was like hitting them. KD started hitting those threes. And so, you know, the second half, like you start to build that momentum. The fans are like getting back into it because you can slowly see the Bucks lead decreasing um the bucks start making kind of a bunch of little stupid plays forcing shots and you know they're not what i was expecting them to do was to kind of drain the sh drain the shot clocks every time bring it down slow it down but they weren't like drew holiday would come up and like he would take a shot and Giannis would take a <laughs> take a shot and like yeah they're just like they didn't seem to like have changed the tone of their play even though the nets had and that's when I felt like something crazy was going to happen in the fourth, you know? Yeah. I mean, that, yeah. It seemed like the Bucks, like, they, the Bucks are, like, one of those front-running teams. Like, when it's all going good, it's fine. <laughs> but then when you play, like, a team like the Nets and they step up their game, and I think that's what we've seen with the Nets all year. Like, they have, like, this other level that they can get to. And then the Bucks just don't have, like, that next level. It's just, like, they, they're just always playing. Like, they, their normal level is pretty good. And then when it's yeah. time to like match match up like with the next uh, the next go to that next level, they just don't got it. Um, and it was like I think when I was watching it today, like back to highlights, it was like the key was like it was seventy six fifty eight at one point, and it looked like oh man, this is it for the Nets. And then they had like this 10-0 run, 
And I think Blake made a three, Shamit made a three, like Uncle Jeff. And I think that's what happens, right? Like these role players like at home, like they start making like these <laughs> clutch shots that they don't make on the road. Like guys like Shamit, yeah. Shamit, Uncle Jeff, Blake, like they all start making plays. And you needed that because Harden was like, was a decoy, right? You probably looked like he was a decoy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, wa watching, you're exactly right. You know, the role players stepped up and they, you know, because if, if they were ice cold, then it's really difficult to spread the floor, right? Because then they're just going to hog up Durant. But, uh, you know, the Blake, Jeff, and Landry Shamit, they're hitting these shots and they're able to spread the floor and at least, like, you know, make some room for Durant. Um, Harden, right off the bat, you could see that he's off. And he, he, he was not explosive, which we expected, you know, coming off the hamstring injury. He has his whole leg taped up and all of that. And pretty much he played 46 minutes, but it wasn't a, a rigorous 46 minutes <laughs> yeah. as Kevin Durant's 48 minutes. Yeah. Right? So, you, you know, watching Harden at the game, you could see he's pretty much, he brings the ball up. He doesn't cross the three-point line. He pretty much stays in between the three-point lines of both sides. You know, he's not defending anybody in the paint. He's, he's pretty much just bringing the ball up, facilitating things around the perimeter. Um, he had like, I think seven assists. So he wasn't as bad as people are saying he was. And he, he came in, like you said, like a decoy, right? Because he can make the pass. We thought he was capable of at least hitting a shot. <laughs> yeah. but he went for like over eight from three or something crazy like that. Yeah. Uh, but he, you know, he didn't have the legs under him. He didn't have that lift and everything was short. You know, but he brought value. Um, people are saying like, oh, he might as well just have Harden off and like had some other guy in like Tyler Johnson or something. Yeah. But Harden has that IQ. He brings the ball up. He sets up the plays. He can move the ball. You know, he had he, he had some great assists. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, we had a win. So, you, you know, can't complain. Yeah, exactly. That's all that matters. The results of W. Uh and then I got to hand it to Steve Nash, right? I mean, this guy, like, first-year coach. You know, everyone thinks he's in over his head when he first gets his job. And then, like, you know, biggest game of the year. He's like, screw it. Like, I'm playing KD, like, 48 minutes. Like, not resting him a single minute. And I was just like, yeah. man, that's just like, yeah. I mean, he's like, if I'm going to go down, I'm going to go down with my guys. And right now, like, Kyrie's out. Like, Harden's, like, barely there, even though he's there. And he's like, he just played KD all 48. Um at least, like, you know, when you're just watching the game, like, it looked like KD didn't even look, like, that tired. Even at the end, 106-105 just, like, makes that incredible three. And I'm just, like, seeing this arena explode. I was like, oh, man. Like, but did he look, did KD look tired to you? Like, you know how, like, when you, what you can't see on TV is, like, when they go into timeouts and you see a player just, like, slumping over, or, like, just absolutely exhausted. Did you catch any of that with KD? Or did he look, like, just, like, okay? So, um... I think Steve Nash, like, he was brought in to be a player's coach. You know, Sean Mark said, we, we don't need an X and O's coach, quote-unquote. Um, you know, we had Kenny Atkinson, who was a great X and O's coach, but I think they were at the point where you have this this much talent on a team. You need a, a player's coach. You need someone to see eye-to-eye -eye with these guys, and I'm sure it wasn't Nash's decision, hey, Kevin, you're going to play 48 minutes. I think it was like, Kevin, what do you want to do? And Durant was like, I'm not coming out. Right. I, I have a feeling that's what happened. Yeah. Um, but in terms of you know, fatigue, um, Kevin Durant, uh, in the fourth quarter, like towards the end of the fourth quarter, he was getting the ball every time and hitting these amazing shots. Yeah. But 
uh, I noticed that he was like kind of doing like this whole energy conservation thing. There were a couple plays where he would come down and he would hang out in the corner. If he got the ball, he would shoot it or something like that. But he wasn't running off screens and things like that. When the Bucks were shooting free throws, I would notice that he would walk all the way down um, to the defensive end of the floor. So he's already back on so, defense. I mean, yeah. yeah, and these are things you won't see on TV, right? Because when they're shooting free throws, they're only showing the, the three people boxing out and the free throw shooter. Yeah. But Kevin Durant, he would walk all the way back to the Nets basket because that way if there's you know a break or anything like that, um, he's already there and he doesn't have to run back on offense or try to box out. So I saw those types of things where you know he was doing whatever he could to save some of that energy. Um, but you know, kind of, kind of like I guess the, you know what what LeBron gets accused of, you know, kind of like <laughs> not re- resting on certain plays. I guess I would say that. Right, but right. The last the last five six minutes, he was he was you know full force. Yeah. You know, but I think early on in the fourth, I think I saw a little bit of that where he was just practicing some energy conservation. <laughs> I mean, you got to. I mean, this guy, people. I mean, I almost forgot for a second that he this torn Achilles was basically like two years ago. And, you know, we usually, that injury, we think it's over. Like, your career's over. I remember when he had that injury, I was like, this guy's done. I'm not done, but, like, he'll never be, like, Kevin Durant. Like, you know, that playoffs when he's like, y'all know who I am. Like, I'm Kevin Durant. Like, I didn't think he could get back to that level. But, man, like, 48 minutes, 49 points, 17 rebounds, 10 assists, like, triple-double, like, everything. Um, just just crazy. Like, a guy, like, who had a torn Achilles, obviously was – Got it. I think we could give a shout out to you know. Is that your hospital, right? That's his surgeon. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Shout out to the, the Brooklyn Nets uh, uh, medical staff, Dr. Riley Williams, who's like the the head team physician, orthopedic surgeon at HSS, um, where all of you know all of the Nets players go, and I think a lot of the other players around the NBA also go to HSS. So shout out to HSS. Um, pr- proud to be a part of that institution and get to work there, but. Um, yeah, I, I think I think the medical team at HSS and I think Sean Marks, he's built this culture about, you know, fitness and taking care of your body. Um, the Nets training facility, not that I've ever been there from what I hear, it's one of the best. Yeah. They have everything at their disposal. State of Joe the Sai, um, the Nets owner, he's like known to be a really supportive owner in terms of whatever the players need, whatever treatment they need, you know, the players will get. And he, I don't know if you saw this, but he even tweeted after Kyrie Irving yeah. got hurt. I, I sent you that too. Kyrie, yeah, oh, you said yeah. yeah. And he said Kyrie Irving will get the best yeah. rehab. Yeah. And so shout out, you know, rehab medicine. I got a little plug for myself there, but um, yeah. No, and I, I think I think that that's that's great. And that what always always that wasn't always the culture, you know. I think before Mikhail Prokhorov, that wasn't the culture. And as a Nets fan, you know, we read all the articles that come out and hear about all this shit. And it has really changed, especially after the Nets moved to Brooklyn. Now they, you know, have this new facility in Brooklyn. It's like, so it, it shows to be, it's, it's proven to work. Yeah. And I know, I know Nash was like one of the first players, like who was on that kind of stuff, like dieting and like nutrition and how to take care of your body. Like, I mean, his body did break down on him at the end as you know, I saw when he was on the Lakers, but you know, when he had to sit on the floor and lay on his back. Yeah, but no, he was like one of the first guys who was on that stuff. And I think, 
you know, he's definitely like it's nice to have like a coach like who was like a former like star player. And I think like the best was that meme, right? Like uh, Steve Nash hugging KD at the end, <laughs> and it's like Nets fans everywhere. <laughs> Nothing summed it up yeah. better. Like it's just like, oh man. I mean, thank you, dude, for pu- pulling this I- game out for us. <laughs> that that's how I felt. I felt like let me give. I just want to give Kevin Durant a big hug. Yeah. Because uh, honestly, we, we had we had the most amazing time. Like it was such a blast, and to see a historic game like that, historic playoff performance. Uh, I mean, obviously, it goes down as the best Nets game I have ever been to. Yeah. But who knows if we'll if we'll get to see something better than that? Maybe yeah. in the finals. Well, that's what I wanted but, to uh, before you know before <laughs> we sign off. I, that's what I wanted to ask. Yeah. So like, you know, just game six tomorrow night. You know, do you kind of want the Nets to close it out then, or selfishly, do you kind of want like a game seven so you could you know potentially go to that and maybe see another, like another historic game? What what, what do you think is going to happen? Um. I, you know, honestly, I would, I would like for them to close it out. Yeah. I think, I think it'll be good for the players to get some rest. We're gonna need it against the, against the Sixers or, or maybe the Hawks. Yeah. I don't you, know. Maybe, maybe that game you, goes seven. Yeah, you want that to go so seven. They, <laughs> exactly. Tire out Joel Embiid, and then so I think, for the, for the best interest of the Nets, I think the players need rest, and for them to just close it out. Um, but it's tough, you know. Playing in Milwaukee, we saw games three and four. It's tough there. The, the fans show up. Um, the Nets played didn't play hot. The, you know, games uh, three and four. So it's going to be tough. And I don't think, you know, I think I think what the Nets will do probably is, um, you know, try early on in the game if they can get a little bit of a lead and hold it. But if they go down twenty, I don't think, you know, they they keep everybody in till the end because it's not worth it. And then. Game seven back home. Yeah, no, that, that's kind of a uh, Bill Simmons had a similar theory on his pod today. He's just like, first time we may see load managing a whole game, like for a whole team. Like, basically, oh, really? yeah, he's like, put your starters out there, put KD Harden out there, just like, you know, jack up some threes, like, hope you have a hot shooting first quarter and get a lead. But, you know, if yeah. it's looking like, you know, the Bucks come out with like the desperation energy, they're at home, and it looks like you guys get down like 20 or something. Just like you know, take it easy. Like get everyone healthy for Game Seven. Like rest up. Exactly. Because <laughs> at least you're at home. That's what you work for. Having that home court. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So I th- I think that's the approach they'll have. Um, hopefully, they have a cold shooting night like the Nets did early on in this past game, and the Nets take advantage. And then Joe Harris shows up, <laughs> pops like seven three. Jeff Jeff Green. Uncle Jeff. And we just we just we just clean it up and then get ready for the Eastern Conference Finals. But yeah, it was it was it was an amazing experience. Um, that that Kevin Durant shot um, the three at the end the, at, at at three at the end when the fifty five seconds left ended the shot clock. Yeah, man, it was it was the, the place was rattling, the floor was shaking, um, and that's when I think people really realized like, hey, we're gonna win this game, and yeah. we're watching something magical. Um, unfortunately, Kevin Durant missed that free throw. It would have been nice for him to get a nice even 50. 50. Yeah. Um, but regardless, it was it was so much fun. After the game, like I mean, this it was a Tuesday night. We went out. Um, you know, the bars were packed right, right around the Barclays Center. There were people were ripping shots. You know, the Brooklyn chants going <laughs> on. Let's go Nets going on, and people were celebrating like we won the finals. Yeah. So I can only imagine if we, you know if we do make it the long haul, what it'll be like. But it was fun. Yeah. It was so much fun. Yeah. I mean, th- I mean, this is what it's all you do. It, that's why you get these star players. Like, you give up all those freaking draft picks. Like, 
you know, who cares, right? Like, you got Kevin Durant, you got James Harden. I mean, he's injured. You got Kyrie, right? Like, the stars can pull out games like this that a draft pick can never do. So, ultimately, that, exactly. that's why you get this. If you can get the star, get the star. And that this is yeah. all you do it for, right? It's just so special. Man, happy for you, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, man. Um, it, it, was, it was surreal. Um, I hope... Actually, you're a Lakers fan, so I, I don't really care what you think. Um, <laughs> but um, it, it, it was great. It was great. Um, well, excited for Game Six. Uh, hopefully, that's that's. There's no Game Seven, but if there is, Saturday night, I'll be stalking. I'll, I'll, I'll have to be stalking the ticket prices and uh, work my way in. There. <laughs> no turning back now. <laughs> Oh man, can't wait! Can't wait for tomorrow. I mean, we got some good games tonight too. These playoffs are just fun right now. Uh, besides that Phoenix series, I feel everything else was two-two. It's like a great time for these NBA playoffs right now. Yeah, the game the game fives are fun, especially when they're tied up. It's it's such a huge, you know, momentum changer, and it can ultimately ultimately lead to the who's going to win the series. Um, I had a I had a question for you, yeah. so, you know, being a big LeBron fanboy. Yeah, what's up? Um, he, I don't know if you saw LeBron went on a little Twitter rant yeah, a little while ago I, I about did. injuries. What, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I think LeBron's coming from like, a, I think just personal hurt as well, just because he got hurt this year, AD got hurt. And so, you know, it's definitely a little bit of saltiness there, If um, I, I'll definitely say. Um, and, you know, I know he says like, you know, this is what I was trying to tell you all, like, but ultimately it's something that's collectively bargained between owners and the players. And it, it, it sucks because for LeBron, you know, he can afford to miss out on some games and, like, miss out on the money because he's already made enough. But it's, like, those guys, like, like we're talking about, like, the Jeff Greens, the Landry Shamets, like, those guys need, like, as much money because they can get. And so, you know, I think yeah. ultimately it was coming from a place of a little bit of saltiness. But, I mean, he's, he's right in saying that, you know, we shouldn't have had this many games. Because just think about it, dude. We lost Jamal Murray. We lost like AD in the playoffs. Uh, looks like Kawhi's hurt now. Mike Conley's out. You guys have lost Kyrie and Harden during the series. It's just like we never had like this many star players like have injuries, and it's just like taking away from the playoffs a little bit. Like at the end, it's just gonna be who who's the last la- literally the last man left standing, like healthy. Yeah. <laughs> so. Oh, it, it's it's so true, but like. Like you said, it, it's also like unfair to the younger players. Like these guys are trying to make a name for themselves. They're trying to get that next big contract. They need the playing time. They want to show them, you know, show what they're made of in the playoffs. It's it's a shitty situation. You know, the pandemic has uh, ruined a lot of things, yeah. and I think this is one of the byproducts of that same problem. You know, it's at least we get to go to games. Like if, imagine this game in the bubble, like. I don't think it would have been as exciting no. or as like not with fake, you know, not with fake crowd noise. <laughs> yeah, you know, you can only you can only put so much fake fan noise into this into the bubble. But I don't know. We'll see. Um, I, I mean, in terms of next year, there's no there's no changes to no. the season to my knowledge. No, so right? no, we're, we're, it's supposed to go back to a normal schedule. So it'll start back up like mid October, and then like and usually the NBA Finals Game Seven is around now. So it'll go back to a normal schedule, but it, it will it will still be a short off season for like whoever is in the finals or even the conference finals. Yeah. You know they'll have a little bit of a shortened off season because um, I think the game seven of the finals this year is like mid July. So yeah, they'll still get a little bit of a shortened off season, 
but at least you know for next year hopefully we can have full capacity crowds again and yeah you know hopefully the players don't have to go through like this rigorous daily covid testing like we saw chris paul just enter the covid protocols today which is like yeah but i have a feeling he's gonna get that lebron exemption you know where it's like yeah like you're hanging out with drake no mask on like it's it's, it's cool probably you'll probably apply apply for the lebron exemption oh man it would just suck if we lost cp3 it's just another and not even to injury like to this and it's just like come on i know so uh, yeah that'll be interesting i mean next year so they're still going to do 82 games to my understanding but they're trying to work in maybe like a mid-season tournament yeah that'll be that'll be um interesting if, if that happens as a fan like we all love that stuff but yeah. you know the players always feel differently yeah they just don't want more, any more games they, they can avoid it so yeah well hopefully they can find like a nice medium where you know you don't play 82 games or you still play the same amount of games but they add some more you know in the middle of the season when there's kind of a lull they add a little bit more excitement to those games that that and that's what it sounds like that's the plan is uh, Bill Simmons talks about on his podcast what some of the the theories or yeah. some of it's the just a, it, it gives you another ideas. trophy to like play for basically like you know if you can't win the title like there's like a second trophy to play for which is what we see like in soccer like they got like Champions yeah. League they got their individual leagues like FA Cup like different trophies to play for so almost like so yeah. everyone can win <laughs> something <laughs> I mean because right now it's kind of like NBA final champions are bust, you know, and it's kind of like, it's hard to win the title, you know, and it's like, if you take the team, if you take teams like the Portland Trailblazers or the Milwaukee Bucks, if they don't win this year, like, these are great teams and they just feel like failures because they don't win the finals. But like, if there's something else that they can be rewarded for, like, it may make it more interesting or, you know, yeah. whatever. And it definitely earns, it get some more money in everyone's pockets, like with the TV, yeah, TV exactly, money from the right? tournament, like fans, everything. Yeah. So, yeah, especially guys like Mike James on the bench, you know, he needs a little extra payday. <laughs> Mike James and the Tyler Johnsons <laughs> of the world. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Well, I'm glad we finally got you on a pod, dude. And I think this is like the perfect time. I was like, I know I texted you today morning. I was like, man, got to do it today. Yeah, man. <laughs> This morning, I woke up, and I was still on cloud nine. <laughs> I probably still had a little bit more alcohol left in my system from the from the Tuesday night celebrations, but yeah. uh, it, w- it was a fun time. It was a fun time. It's, it's exciting um, to be living in New York um, and, you know, able to go to the Nets games 20 minutes away by subway and, you know, be a part of, be a part of this. The special team. Well, hopefully the run keeps yeah. going, dude. I hope. Yeah. <laughs> But anyways, we'll sign off on this pod, guys. And then hopefully we'll do another one soon as these playoffs keep going.